All right, welcome to another edition of Maverick University. Uh, I'm uh, pleased to welcome uh, Brother Gary Way and Brother Richard Way uh, to the podcast, and we're excited about the uh, topics that we're going to be discussing today. Uh, we're talking about parent relationships with children, and so they have a ministry uh, called the PK Conference, and it's something that you held since the year 2000. There's a period where it wasn't held, and now we're starting it up again, and uh, always had a lot of interest in that, I imagine. And you're talking about how the conference, you know, is stays in one area or it travels from ministry to ministry. Right now it's in Texas, I believe, right? Well, we started it when I pastored in Gainesville, Texas, north of Dallas-Fort Worth. And we started in the year 2000, and then we went all the way through 2012. And then I resigned from the pastorate in 2013 and began a ministry in Israel. So we didn't do it for, I guess, five years. And then our home church, Central Baptist Church in Center, Texas, Brother Danny Dotson, he asked me if we were going to start it back up because he had been to one of the previous ones in years past. And so yeah. he said, we'll do it uh, there in Center. So we did 2018, 2019. And so we've got one coming up December 4th and 5th of this year. Okay. So it went for a number of years, helped a lot of people. And then we've kind of, re, I guess, reintroduced it, I guess you could say. Sure. And, so let's talk about the genesis of the conference and a little bit of family history as well, as I understand it. Um, your father was a pastor in ministry. Obviously, you pastored mm -hmm. in ministry. You're pastoring in ministry, and uh, it's an exceptional thing, I think, to have generations of, number one, generations of Christians, right. you know, still serving the Lord like right. that. Uh, generations of people that are in ministry is even a greater exception, and then pastor and it's an even greater exception, I think. So your family finds itself in an elite crowd, I suppose, a uh, fortunate one, um, right. and a God-blessed one. And so obviously this PK conference came as a birth of this family history, um, and it obviously birthed out of experiences, personal experiences, and uh, birthed out of um, uh, your experiences growing up in a preacher's home, your experiences growing up in a preacher's home, uh, and all of that. So one of the main principles that we've talked about, and we'll launch here and kind of turn you guys loose here, is this idea of the relationship uh, rules, uh, 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 relationship, I guess. is the right. I'm using the word relationship a lot in that <laughs> phrase, but the relationship slash rule relationship, how they correlate together. Um, and so what does that even mean? What is that? What is the relationship there? Years ago I read, I don't know who said it, uh, but I read it and it stuck in my heart where the author said, rules without relationship equals rebellion. And it just stuck with me because I'd grown up in a pastor's home. My dad started pastoring when I was eight years old. A uh, unique story. I started kindergarten the day my dad started Bible college, so okay. it was kind of a unique startup for us. But he began to pastor his last year at Bible college. So I grew up in a pastor's home. Now I'm the oldest of three boys. And so we, you know, we were PKs. I, I remember when somebody said, well, you're a PK. And I thought, what's a PK? You know, I said, you're a preacher's kid. Oh, okay, okay, I got it. And so I grew up in that pastor's home. And, and uh, to be perfectly frank, my dad didn't really have time for me as the oldest. My, my brothers and I are about four and a half, five years apart. And so I grew up not really wanting to be in the ministry uh, I didn't, I don't know if I just, I didn't despise it, but I, it, I felt like it was taking my dad's time. Mm -hmm. So then I started Bible college and I began ministry. Well, but uh, in 1986, I took my first pastorate there in North Texas. And a few years into that, at that time, my son was just about to turn six years old. He was beginning kindergarten. That I took the church in August, so he began kindergarten in September. 
And so I thought, you know, I began to try to read, and there's nobody had written anything on that particular relationship between a pastor and his children. Mm -hmm. And so I began to try to read. I began to talk to preachers, and I'd go to conferences, and I would sit down with some pastors that maybe they had teenagers or even grown kids, and I would say, tell me what you did with your children. And then I, and at one time it was really unique because I asked a pastor, I said, uh, would you mind if I talk to your kids? He goes, oh, no, I don't want you to talk to my kids. And I was kind of taken aback mm. from that. But I realized that something was wrong. And I thought, there's nothing out there to help pastors, and, and particularly pastors, but even full-time, anybody in full-time Christian service lives in a, in a unique bubble, you might say. Sure. And I thought, okay, I've got two kids. And so by this time, you know, they're in high school. Uh, you know, they want to go do right. But I thought, what can I do to maybe, you know, my two younger brothers, they don't care about church at all. They don't go to church. They don't care about church at all. And I thought, how can I avoid that with my kids? Hmm. And so I took that thing, rules without relationship equals rebellion, and I began to say, okay, what can I do to prevent what happened to my brothers, to my own family, and what can I do? And so we began to begin to read on the family and Another one I read was that, how do you spell love? T-I-M-E. And I thought, okay, you spend time, now you build a relationship. Mm -hmm. So when you have rules, standards of holiness, biblical standards of holiness, there should not be any rebellion. And so I began to try to, I say I, my wife and I began to incorporate that into our family to have, to spend time with our children. And so we started the Preacher's Kids Conference to help young pastors and, and help young staff members such as yourself sure. and say maybe you can come to the conference and it's just one day it starts Friday afternoon and ends Saturday at lunch and what can you learn from that conference uh, that well you can take home and say that'll work with my family mm -hmm. to help long term and you have two two young children and so you know if you were able to come to the conference you might be able to pick up something and take it home and say that'll work that'll help sure. me get my child's heart. What did Solomon say? Give me your heart. Told his son, give me your heart. And so that was my goal was to, to get my children's heart so that I could have a relationship with them so that when I began to present biblical holiness, these rules, that there would be no rebellion. Well, let's face it, uh, growing up in a Christian home myself and you guys as well, uh, many times as a teenager, you see the rules you see the what, you don't necessarily see the why, and unless you have you actually have trust from the person you're listening to, you're not gonna you're not gonna take their word for it, exactly. and you're gonna rebel against exactly. it. But Richard, I want to you know have you kind of you know elaborate on this in your personal life. Maybe um, was there a moment growing up in a Christian home, in a preacher's home, that you you know you had that moment of rebellion and you overcame it because you knew you had a relationship with mom and dad. Was there a struggle at some point? Maybe there's a turning point in your life where, man, I, I was going the wrong way. I turned another direction, and this is the reason why. I don't recall any particular instance where I was, uh, you know, obviously I think every teenager struggles with mm -hmm. uh, rules. Sure. But uh, a healthy relationship with my parents, you know, kept me from drifting too far. You know, I... I always saw a genuine, sincere desire to serve the Lord and to please Him for my mom and dad. And so that just, that I think, uh, you know, helped me develop a relationship with the Lord and, and, and want to please and honor Him too, genuinely. Was, you know, uh, 
we 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 hear a lot of just be real uh you know i think first off we had to be real with god and you know examine our relationship with him and i saw that you know regularly with my parents but then also real with each other just be comfortable with who god made you be uh to be and and to serve him you know even the bible serve him in sincerity and in truth and i was able to see that in in uh in my parents and i thank thank the lord for that and so there wasn't I, I can't recall a time where i was just you know super rebellious and something turned uh but having that that healthy relationship and understanding uh the rules and you know i think a, a lot of times uh parents are are scared when their kids ask why but you know i i never felt that i couldn't go to my parents i, I always felt comfortable say hey why do we do this what mm-hmm. what's this for why why are we doing this and they were always willing just be real and sit down with me and say, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And, you know, it was always Bible-based. That's so, the key, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's the key. And, and I remember, uh, you know, going back to the conference, uh, you know, even now, I mean, there's, there's conferences for church growth. Mm-hmm. Con- there's music conferences. There's youth conferences. And, and we're for all those things. You know, we're, not, we're certainly not against any of those. But, you know, I remember my dad saying, you know, if we lose the family, if we've lost the church we've lost the youth we you know, everything is supposed should be structured around the family but sure. yet there's not any conferences for families mm-hmm. and i understand it's a difficult task asking whole families to come uh, but that's our desire is just to say hey this is a this is a preacher's kids conference this is a family conference where you know maybe you can come and and take a nugget uh that you can apply you know obviously everything that's being taught or said doesn't apply to every home but maybe you can uh, just take one little piece of information and say, "Hey, that'll work. That'll work with our family," and and apply that, and hopefully, you know, keep from some of the rebellion or sure. some of the heartache and headache that. Why why fix a problem when you can prevent it? Correct. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, and I think a lot of it has to do with you know we we like to be proactive instead of reactive. Sure. And so that's that's what the conference is all about, and you know, and I, I thank the Lord for my parents and the great balance that they had. Uh, growing up and and you know being being good examples of sure. of what a Christian ought to be. One of the things you said was um, being real, and you said it several times. You know, especially as Christians, we can get caught up with putting on the tie, putting <laughs> on the suit coat, and going to church can become an act. Right. You know. Absolutely. Going um, through the motions. Even just in a in the typical layman's you know world, it, it can be an act. Mm-hmm. Um, putting on Christian service, you know, on Saturday, doing soul winning um, when there is no relationship, you know. And so I guess it's true even with our relationship with our Heavenly Father with, you know, rules without relationship equals rebellion. And maybe that's why so many Christians do go haywire. They seem to be on the right track. They seem to be on the outside from appearances, seem to be doing pretty well. Now, one question, and we're almost running out of time, probably have time for one more question. You guys can elaborate on it. Um, why a PK conference? Um, obviously, a lot of what you're um, giving us is great for homes, no matter who you are. It's principles that are uni- can be universally, universally applied. But what obstacles does a kid growing up in a preacher's home have, or what could be obstacles that are in a preacher's home? that other children may not have to encounter. And deal I, remember, with. I remember when I was young, I was probably preteen, 11, 12, maybe 13 at the time. A uh, church member came up to me and says, you, need, you have to act right because you're the preacher's kid. Hmm. 
And I thought, okay, you know, 11, 12, 13, it doesn't really ring. And so I told my dad, and my dad said, let me tell you something. He said, you don't have to act right because you're a preacher's kid. You act right because you're my kid. <laughs> and sometimes I think parents, pastors do it, and certainly a lot of times church members do it. They hold the kids to a higher standard. As if it's a church office. Yeah. you but got I, pastor, deacons, <laughs> PK. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute, my kids are like your kids. Yeah. They're going to do silly things. They're, yeah. they're normal children. Just because they're a preacher's kid doesn't mean they're going to be perfect. They're going to do things wrong. So don't hold my kids to a higher standard because they're going to do dumb things because all kids do dumb things. And so, and I told my kids, I said, look, I said, I don't expect you to be, to act right and do right because you're the preacher's kid. Mm-hmm. I said, you're my kid. And I, more specifically, I said, because your last name's Way. That's why I want you to be do right, not because you're the preacher's kid. But sometimes preacher's kids feel like they have to, to live to a higher standard, and then that's when the fakeness can come in. Yeah. Because they, have to, they feel like they have to live up here, and they're really not there yet spiritually, but they, they act like that, and then they get to going through the motions, and then they get to start, they begin to fake. And, and if you've been in ministry very long, you'll see that in a lot of pastors' homes where the kids are, it's a facade. Mm-hmm. And the moment they can, the moment they get to a point in life where they get to make their own decisions, they're gone. Yeah. Because they were held to a higher standard. And there, there's, there shouldn't be a higher standard because they're a preacher's kid. Yeah. They're kids. And I tell that at our preacher's kids conference. You know, just those are your kids and, and give your life to your kids. And, you know, that's the thing that's necessary. Yeah. I think it has to do with expectation. For some reason, it seems like the preacher's kids uh, have a higher expectation because they're the preacher's kids. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, it's it, the, all eyes are on you. You know, you're the pastor, uh, the wife, the kids, and, you know, you ought to be this because you're the pastor. And I think the expectation sometimes is overwhelming for mm-hmm. preacher's kids, and so therefore it... it and I don't, I don't like to give anybody excuses for why they do what they do, but understand yeah. sometimes those expectations can uh, become overwhelming and cause someone to say, well, I can't do this, so I'm going to put on a show uh, just so, you know, my dad won't have a bad reputation or, you know, mm-hmm. something like to that degree. Uh, but I think certainly expectations are greater uh, in many situations of, of the pastorate with their kids and and, uh, you know, I, and I think, you know, some of the challenges why PK Conference, because sometimes uh, the, the pastors, the husbands, the fathers, they struggle with uh, juggling those, you know. Time management. Yeah, time management. So much going on. The balance in, in trying to pastor the church, trying to be a good husband, trying to be a good father. And, I mean, you know, uh, you're in the ministry at times. The ministry is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But then you still have to be a husband and you still have to be a dad. And. And, and sometimes just all of it can be overwhelming. So the, just sometimes the expectations from, you know, from the husband, wife, all the way down to the children. And I know I've been guilty struggling. of it as well. Um, I remember growing up um, down in Brother Angel's church in Bourbon A as a young child, and I remember saying something to my mom and dad, um, one of his daughters, the same age as me, you know, we're peers, and I had made some kind of a comment about something that, you know, one of Brother Angel's children had done, it's like, oh, well, that was Brother Angel's child. And I, I pre- and my parents quickly corrected me mm-hmm. on that, and they understood what you're talking about, that there is this expectation that is not realistic and right. not, it's unfair as yeah, well. It is. And they said, are they any different than you? Are they, 
you know, should you treat them any different? Should you expect them to be any different than any other kid in our church? And it kind of dawned on me. And I guess I learned that lesson, even though I never grew up in a preacher's home or anything like that. I, I knew that, oh man, I was always, I always gave them extra grace. You know, in fact, in fact, if there's anything, I let them, you know, get away with more in my mind than I would anybody else. Uh, rather than holding them to a higher standard, I held them to a lower standard, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But I appreciate you guys uh, helping us and talking with us yeah. about this. Um, and uh, we'll uh, you know, probably do another episode as well. And so check in the description if you want to see the next video uh, as we continue our conversation. Mm -hmm.